back home again in Indiana and it seems that I can see the gleaming candlelight still shining bright through the sycamores for me the new mown hay sends all its fragrance through the fields I used to roam and when I dream about the moonlight on the Wabash then I long for my Indiana home who's your daddy Hello and welcome to The Jungle. My name is Adam and I'm joined by my co-host, Jenna. And this is Who's Your Daddy, a podcast where we talk about all things Indiana, the Midwest in general, and everything in between. Jenna, 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 how are you? Hey, um, <laughs> I'm a little depressed, but that's, Aww. you know, you have ups and downs and yeah, yeah, I used not to, really have to do, it doesn't really have to do with anything. It just kind of happens. You know, I think it's been kind of an icky depression. day and yeah. It has been. It's a gross July day. It's July 19th, 2020. Um, it's, it's a gross, gross Indiana And also Sunday. Day. I always get the Sunday scaries a yeah, little me bit too. in the evening, so. Me too, me too. Um. Well, you don't have to work tomorrow. <laughs> I still get them. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's interesting. I do, yeah. It's not a, I mean, it, because it's irrational, I still get them. Yeah. Yeah. Um. The anxiety. I saw something the other day, uh, that was like, somebody's therapist told them to, when they feel like that or scared about anything, to be like. Who told you that? Like, who told who told you to be scared by that? And then you kind of tell yourself, be like, "Well, I guess I did." Yeah. You're like, I guess I have because no reason. Because I'm not looking forward <laughs> to the start of my week. Yeah. I, or just my week in general. But so. to be like anxious about it. The, yeah. But yeah, the depression. It's that's just what depression is. You know. Yeah. You don't Comes get to decide. Goes. Um, I I used to uh, um, say it's all about raising the average. Mm-hmm. that you yeah know, you're never going to get a straight line up or anything like that no it's, no it's always ups and downs but the Nobody's idea is, all the time. is to trend upward yeah um it's a good life. way of putting it uh but a lot of times that's out of your control too yeah. so it just happens you can do all the right things and, and get it'll fucked go over. away so yeah that's or, the good or, thing yeah that's the thing that i do think about when i'm depressed is as much as it sucks mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like i know it will go away yeah it it doesn't help. It doesn't make me feel better, but it is nice it to say. It doesn't make you feel better. It makes me feel better when I think about that. It doesn't make me feel better. No, it 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 makes me um, calmer, maybe. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. COVID cases still going through the roof. No mask mandate. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're gonna get one. Not. I, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I mean, they've held out this long. Yeah, we're close. To, I'd say we're probably seven to 12 days away from 1% of the population of Indiana <laughs> being infected. God, so, that's terrible. Yeah, but, we're, but you know, those ICU beds are open, so it's fine. Yeah, 33% of ICU beds are available Meanwhile, for you to die all in. all the doctors and nurses are like, fuck you. It's such a stupid, it, I mean. Those poor people. Holcomb is, is I, I said this last week or uh, last Thursday when we recorded on Friday's episode, it just, he is smart about talking points and, and stuff like that. I, I, it's a bullshit way to think about these things. I mean, it's not a dumb metric to look at or consider. Mm-hmm. It's actually very smart to, to look at that and consider it, but to make decisions solely based on how many people can be in the ICU at one time is, is really dystopian. Right. Cause we don't want anybody in the ICU. Uh, ideally. Yeah. <laughs> it's disgusting. It, well, they're just numbers to him. So yeah. And I mean, to be completely like in good faith, you do have to sometimes make decisions based on numbers and you do have to kind of sometimes, um, not completely, I, I, you should never completely, but sometimes you do have to look at things and kind of sacrifice your, um, I, <laughs> ideals of, of humanity. I think that's true. You and, and not, but this isn't one of those situations. Yeah. This isn't one of those situations to me. You said that and all I could think of was Lord Farquaad from Shrek when he says, <laughs> some of you may die, but it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. Yeah, I mean. Not the best impression of him, but. Or, or even uh, the best example of what I'm talking about. But yes, it is like that. <laughs> Where it, 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 I, it's, I think it'd be obtuse and silly to say that there's no situation ever in which you have to kind of make a decision about who, like the lesser of two evils meaning what choice am I going to make that will result in less deaths but both will you know I just think it's silly to think that that's never the case but I don't think that this Mm -hmm. this is one of them a mask mandate boom do it it's you should it should already have been done yeah it it's not that hard 
So no, and and I'm saying like I don't know if I was in his position, I'd say, uh, kind of, I'd say well, well two things. One, my I I'm really not in jeopardy of losing this election in November. Eric Holcomb's. Even, no, I mean, even I never with all thought of this, that. Even with all of I this. I mean, I'm not going to vote for him after this, but. I wouldn't have voted for him, period. But um, even with all of this, I, I don't think his uh, his position is in jeopardy. So, but even if it was, if I was in his position, I would say very quickly, um, I really don't care about my political ambitions at this moment. I need yeah, to keep people that's, safe. That's you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I would do so even with thousands and thousands hey, of dollars coming in. Are you are you ready to go over the trivia? <laughs> yeah, question let's do it. Let's week? go over last week's trivia okay. question. Jenna, would you like to restate it? Yeah, I'll repeat it. So last week I asked you in 1977. 1977. What, <laughs> what famous singer had his last concert ever in Indiana? Yeah, and I said Freddie Mercury because yes. I, I have no idea. <laughs> and the answer is Elvis Presley. Elvis, where? Yeah, he had his last one on June 26th, 1977. Um. And it was held in Market Square Arena in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I thought that was interesting. interesting. I never knew. So uh, June 1977 uh, yep. was Elvis's last performance. When did he die? I'm actually not sure. Like how long did he hold on after that big boy, big creepy <laughs> weirdo Elvis? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I was never big into, oh, he died in, oh, wow, he died August 16th. Of 1977. Okay. Wow. Well, so kept, it really was. He kept going to the end there. I mean, yeah. I mean, his his life got pretty pretty sad and and messed up at the end there. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm not gonna pretend like I know a whole lot about. Uh, yeah, Elvis, I don't. I don't really follow his any of his stuff very much. But I know he wasn't the best guy. No, I don't think so. Um, I heard weird. that he never wanted to see his wife without makeup ever. That's weird. I I don't even really even know when how she to... had a baby. That's, yeah, I don't even really know how to, like, <laughs> process that, because it's just such a foreign thought to my mind. It's, it's like, it's I don't very weird. ever think about the, anything like that ever, personally. Now I feel like when I wear makeup, you're like, you look weird. Sometimes, I mean, I don't I don't <laughs> say, I think you look weird, but sometimes I'm like, whoa, that's different. <laughs> Especially now, because you're like, well, we just stay here, so. Yeah, maybe I should do it more, though. I don't ever feel like you need to do that. I want you to do whatever you want to do, Jenna. That's what will make me happy when it comes to that kind of stuff. Well, thank you. What's on the uh, What's on the agenda today? All right. So today we are doing a, a deep dive. I kind of hate that, but I've been saying it deep dive. And I, oh, you mean I, you well, hate the, saying deep dive or you hate saying it like that? Both. <laughs> I di- I hate that I said it like that, and I don't like saying it. But I just don't know how to describe it other than that. That's kind of what we are. Oh, uh, what it is, not what we are. We what are, it is, what it do, what it is, what it do. <laughs> um, so before I forget. Jenna and I today are drinking something a little bit different. Would you like to tell yeah, yeah, the we're listener, Jenna? Some sake. Oh my gosh, it's uh, so I don't know what good. Kind it is, but What's the brand? Do you you have the bottle there? T Y K U Taiku. Sure. It's a uh, cucumber sake. Oh my gosh, it's so cucumbery and and fresh and crisp. June my sake. It's lovely. It's oh, it's it's amazing. Would you like to take a sip with me? Yeah. All right, um, everybody, take a sip of whatever you are drinking right now: coffee, beer, <laughs> wine. If you're in the car, be careful. Yeah, don't. Well. <laughs> Hopefully it's just water. Stick your head out the window. Maybe a Gatorade or something. I don't know. <laughs> okay. We are going to take a sip and right. hopefully you will too. This is yeah. this is to you, listener. Cheers. Oh my gosh. Cucumbery delicious. Oh, it's so nice. Let's get down to business. So today we are going to be talking about Edward L. Jackson. Do you mm. know who that is? I do not. So Edward L. Jackson um, was Indiana's 32nd governor. Uh, he served from 1925 to 1929, but that is not where this story will start. We will begin by looking at an influential man in his life. One his influences largely defined Jackson's tenure as governor and completely defined his legacy. Hmm. That man is David Curtis Stevenson. I do not know that name. He's got two middle names. Yes. Yeah, um, so I guess um, from looking at this, he kind of went by D.C. Stevenson and often called Steve, which is okay. okay whatever. Yeah, I don't sure. Know. I don't have any problem with that. And get called whatever you want to be called. <laughs> Names, weird. I don't give a shit. You can kind of choose. I'm fine with that. I have a friend uh, in college who his sister, when she, uh, she was like six, was just like, as Jenna bumps the mic, podcast staple. I didn't do it last uh, time. <laughs> you didn't. But um, uh, when she was like six, she was like, uh, this is my name now. And just like would not answer to anything. So 
Everybody started calling her that. I hope it she was did a it. cool name. I forget what it is, but it is a cool name. I hope it name. wasn't like jellyfish or something. No, it's a, it's a cool <laughs> name. And I just think like to be a six-year-old and, and have that much. Uh, and then your parents are like, geez, okay. Yeah. Just give her what <laughs> to, she to wants. To just stick with it that much. It's like, dang. Yeah. Killed All it. right. Well, I guess the parents really fucked up the name. She was like, nope. I don't think either were bad, but <laughs> I think both of the names were It were is just weird that we names. go by what our parents decide for us. It is weird that we, well, yeah, like, I mean, even we even call them baby names as if that's not their name later. Right. <laughs> it's like if it changes when they turn four or something, it doesn't. It's just a name. It's not a baby name. Uh, and it's weird that we're like when we turn like 13, it's not customary to like get the option to choose another name if you'd like. I think that'd Why be kind of cool. I don't know. I just threw out an, a- an age. It could be any age. Well, I mean, you can when you're 18. It's <laughs> true, but it's not like normal. No. I don't know. Anyway, let's talk. Before we talk about Edward L. Jackson, and we will, but we'll probably spend most of the time talking about David Curtis Stevenson because mm-hmm. of how much he influenced Jackson's legacy. So let's start off with Stevenson. Um, he was born in 1891 and died in 1966, which is just a wild time frame to live in. Um, he was 74 years old when he died. Uh, he was born in Houston, but he spent most of his life uh, or most of his childhood Texas. and his early life in small town Maysville, Oklahoma. Oh. Real small, just like 1,200 people. A lot of corn there, I'm guessing. Probably fewer <laughs> back then. So, um, so yeah, he was born in 1891. In 1920, Stevenson moves to Evansville, Indiana to work at a coal company. Uh, he was 29 at the time. Rumor was he had already been married twice and abandoned his previous wives for reasons wow, unknown. Wow, what a hoe. Me. Yeah, interesting. Uh, just to give you a quick insight in your in, pants. into this guy's character. Shortly after moving to Evansville, Stevenson was recruited by a man named Joseph Huffington. Joseph <laughs> Huffington. You ever heard of that name? No. Huffington was sent to e- <laughs> Huffington was sent to Evansville from Houston, Texas by none other than the Ku Klux Klan. Oh, that's fun. To build out their enrollment and operations in the area of Evansville, Indiana. The so fucking Grand Wizard. Whatever. Well, we'll get to that. Stupid made-up names. <laughs> Speaking of made-up names. All the go. names are very stupid, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so together, Huffington and Stevenson recruited hundreds of new members to the KKK in the area. In the end, more than 5,400 men joined the Klan in Vanderburg County, which is where Evansville is, um, and that made up just under one-fourth of the population of white men in the county. So 25% about uh, of white men in that uh, county were in the Ku Klux Klan. disgusting. <laughs> were in the KKK, yeah. So this is the uh, uh, this is a quick note here, just a, a side note. Uh, this is the second resurgence of the Klan. So I don't know how much you know about the KKK, but I know it started here. W- yes and no. Um, there's the, the history is interesting on that, but that's not what we're going to focus on right now because I don't know enough about it. And um, all I wanted to mention is that this is the second resurgence of the Klan. So the Klan started originally as very anti-black, like pro-slavery. You know. Well, yeah. Terrible. It's like white supremacist. Mm-hmm. I think a lot craziness. of craziness. People understand um, that. The second resurgence of the Klan was also that, but they're. Um, it was like a very sleek rebranding. Somewhat. Yeah. It's like somewhat. It's Coke Zero. Yeah, um, yeah kind of. I mean, it was it, it was a rebranding. They, they uh, tried to stand for more like uh, vague ideas. Like Now with like, 25% less racism. Yeah. They started to stand for like. But uh, same great taste. <laughs> like vague ideas like justice. Or things like that. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah. So the the ideas they... Like a public lynching? Kind of spouted were a little bit more um, vague and they kind of tried to make it seem like just like this fraternity Mm. uh, rather than... I mean, well, because nothing bad ever happens in fraternities. No, (laughs) nothing. But they, I mean, they were still very, like pretty explicitly anti-black, anti-Jewish and Mm anti-Catholic, which was, um, you know, the anti-Catholic... sentiments and actions defined by that characteristic were common here in indiana oh that's weird well indiana has a fairly large catholic um population especially well, yeah, in comparison I know. to so jewish they, or they would black be population more accepting yeah maybe but they weren't <laughs> uh but we're not going to really get into the actions of the kkk here um eventually we will do a longer um episode about the Indiana clan because uh, it has an interesting history um, and it also uh, a heavy influence on the clan as a whole. So, but we'll get into a little bit that here, a little bit of that here. So anyway, where were we? So together Huffington, yeah, no, I already said that. So Stevenson, um, he eventually moved to Indianapolis and helped started the, uh, helped start the clan's newspaper. Do you want to guess the name of the clan's newspaper in, the in Indiana? Clues paper. <laughs> 
the Clunde Clorning climbs. <laughs> I don't know. Mm, that was it. <laughs> I can't believe you got it. No. Oh, really? No. Oh, no. It's um much worse than that. Oh, it no, was called it Fiery Cross. Mm. Yep. Yep. I'm not fucking kidding around. It was called Fiery Cross. <laughs> you were having Jesus. a fiery cross in the bathroom earlier. Yeah, I was. Uh, <laughs> gross. Um, but yeah, just disgusting. So we're around 1922, 1923 at this time, and Indiana has the largest state clan organization in the country. The head of the Yikes. yeah, the head of recruiting for the national organization, his name was Hiram Wesley Evans. Um, Stupid name. He was especially close to Stevenson, who played a large part in growing the clan's ranks in the state of Indiana. So close, in fact, that Stevenson backed Evans for his run as Imperial Wizard of the national <laughs> yeah, of the national KKK, which Evans did win. Because of this, you have Ev- to like beat all the gym leaders. You got to go like <laughs> Cerulean City. Like, what kind I'm, of Pokemon do you think? This I guy don't had? really <laughs> understand that reference, but I appreciate it. Um, so, because of their of their relationship, Evans appointed Stevenson Grand Dragon of the KKK in Indiana. Rar. I don't know. It's so <laughs> stupid. Um, he also made Stevenson head of recruiting for several other states, uh, around seven at least that we know about, all of which saw major increases in growth in the following years. So in the 1920s, about 33% of white males in Indiana were members of the KKK. How do they, how do they recruit for that? Do they just like stand on the street with flyers and they're like, hey, do you hate black people? You hate black, sir. You look like you hate black no, people. That's Take what this I'm, flyer. That's what I'm talking about now in in this time period where they were much more like watered down and they were able to stand on some of these vague ideas that helped bring in more everyday people. I mean, I'm, believe me, there were full-blown white supremacists, white nationalists, all kinds of these mm-hmm. different people in here. I'm sure of it. But there were people who were drawn to that fraternal order kind of brother family nature yeah, yeah. and I they would hold on it. they it's would hold like weird like events that were that were kind of separate from all of the bad stuff sort of just like a club like vibe. a potluck yeah. yeah 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 i mean i'm not trying to um forgive them of anything or paint them in a in a, a light picture but that is what they were trying to do at the sure. time yeah and, and they did that through these things um yeah, there's but people who just wanted evil something to terrible. do and something to belong to. And yeah, then there's yeah. people who really had an agenda. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure they realized uh, they, um, you know. Oh, I just got a whiff of this microphone. Oh, God. Yeah, don't smell the mics. Don't ever smell a microphone if you guys. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you guys, if, if you've done anything with microphones, you know, don't smell a mic. But um, if you haven't, I'm here to tell you, <laughs> don't smell a microphone. It smells gross. Um, but yeah, I think they, they hid behind or, or leaned upon, maybe not hid behind, leaned upon, um, uh, the Christian faith a lot too. So mm, Protestants, mm-hmm. evangelicals, sure, non-denominational, yeah. uh, anything other than Catholic. <laughs> so um, Stevenson had a significant influence at this time and he was aware of it. And, and because of that, he cut ties with the national KKK and he started his own rival organization, uh, which was composed of the chapters that he oversaw, which oh. was all of Indiana. And then, uh, you know, other States as well due to his role as a head of recruitment. Hmm. He had a lot of, a lot of sway there. Um, so I, I want to read uh, a quote of his just to give you a, <laughs> an interesting insight into oh what okay. kind of man uh, D.C. Stevenson yeah, let's was. let's do it. Let's do it. So this is a quote. Quote, God help the man who issues a proclamation of war against the Klan in Indiana now. We are going to clux Indiana as she has never been cluxed before. Oh, shit. I'll appeal to the ministers of Indiana to do the praying for the Ku Klux Klan, and I'll I'll do the scrapping for it. And the fiery cross is going to burn at every crossroads in Indiana, as long as there are, as long as there is a white man left in the state. How fucking terrifying is that? Clux, sir, I barely know her. Oh God, <laughs> uh, Jenna's joking around, but <laughs> no, but that it's was a good stupid. joke. I'm going to make but, fun of this asshole. But isn't that terrifying? And the fiery cross is going to burn at every crossroads in Indiana, I'm as long gonna, as there yeah. is a white man left in the state. I refuse to turn these people into the boogeyman. They're just losers. I mean, they are. You know, Jenna, good point. You're right. They are just losers. But yeah, that is terri- That's terrifying to say and hear. If I heard that, I'd be like, I, uh, help, <laughs> please. We need to get that. Leave. Terrifying. I think it's terrifying and it's sad and it's it's disgusting. It's a, it's a black mark on our history in, in the state of Indiana. So that brings us to 18 or 18. That brings us to 1924. <laughs> we when- went back in time. Yeah, we went back in time. So we're now in 1924 when Stevenson publicly publicly supported Edward L. Jackson's campaign for governor of Indiana. So before we move to Edward L. Jackson, um, 
I have to note a few more things about Stevenson because okay. it it sheds some light on his character and okay. you know Jackson was involved with this guy so you should know this so mm-hmm. um Stevenson was tried and convicted for the abduction forced intoxication and rape of Indiana State employee Madge Ober, uh, Oberholzer um in like 1925 it was 1925 oh, God. so while in his captivity Oberholzer attempted suicide and the injuries from this eventually led to her death Oh, no. Because of this, Stevenson was also charged and convicted of second-degree murder, leading to a uh, life sentence in prison. Wow. So this Stevenson guy is uh, not only a racist-ass He's also a rapist. Member, he uh, is a rapist and a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> like, a, and, uh, Just an all-around piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. A, a, a deranged person. Like, yes. Very troubled Absolutely. and disgusting. So... Um, yeah, so this trial, along with, uh, so there was like Pulitzer Prize winning investigative reporting done by the Indianapolis Times at this mm-hmm. area about all of this stuff that was going on. So the trial and, and that reporting were two major contributors to the Klan's decrease in popularity and prevalence in both the state of Indiana as well as the country as a whole. So a lot of this, like it was a linchpin in the end of the Klan, that mm-hmm. 1925 trial, this basically signified the the start of the end uh, yeah. of, of the Klan here, yeah. um, at least in its current at that time mm-hmm. form mm-hmm. or at that time current yeah. form so stevenson was eventually paroled on the condition that he left indiana uh and never it would never return so he eventually found yeah right yeah yeah sure because sure why not we're um, to indiana. he eventually found himself in jonesboro tennessee and while there he was employed at the herald and tribune newspaper newspaper because um there is no justice for these people also i don't want to hear this guy's opinions he shouldn't i, I mean be i don't know if paper. he was a writer you know, oh, okay, he, he okay, that's fair. There's a lot of other jobs at, at a press. newspaper. Yeah, I don't know. But could have swept the floors. I don't really know. I just there's no justice, Jenna. This guy raped, abducted. How much time was he supposed to do? Life, life in prison. And they were just like, Nit. and he got paroled. It's disgusting. These people are sick, and they there's no justice. I mean, it just shows the systemic racism uh, um, in, in the flip side of systemic racism in this country. So the systemic racism in this country causes uh, people of color to be in, it disproportionately punished mm-hmm. for With harsher sentences. For, yeah, for mm-hmm. crimes that don't deserve those things or yeah. shouldn't be crimes at all. Right. Um, and on the flip side of that, people like this guy, a, a white supremacist, murderer, rapist, he gets life in prison, but then he gets to go on parole and just leave the state and go live somewhere else and have a job and a life. Yeah, that's normally like a the one sick, disgusting like a big guy. condition of parole now is that you can't leave. <laughs> but they were just like, here, go and we, where we can't keep tabs on you. It's disgusting. So at the age of 70 in 1961, Stevenson was arrested in Missouri for the attempted sexual assault of a 16-year-old girl. Oh, I hope she beat his old ass. Yeah, I, I don't know, but I, I hope so too. Crusty um, old man. Just, I mean, so, you know, this guy's 70. 70-year-old trying to uh, sexually assault yeah, a 16-year-old. how can you even get it up? I'm sorry. That was vulgar. Disgusting. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's just yeah, awful. Yeah, fuck this dude. So um, he was released, however, due to insufficient evidence and a payment of a $300 fine. $300? That's it? I mean, it was more in 1961. But I don't yeah. care. It doesn't matter. Not enough. Any amount. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You pay a fine. You should be arre- he should be arrested. It's disgusting. Also, insufficient evidence? What? Because she... It was just her word against um, his? I'm... Probably. Oh, and this guy and has a prior I, record of rape. I don't know. Uh, in 1961, insu- insufficient evidence of a sexual assault. I well, kind of probably sure means to me that maybe he just knew a guy. Probably. And they were like, "Man, it's or fine." She was too scared to or, testify. Or she or, was poor. Yeah. Or she was black. Yeah. Or she was Asian. Or she was Hispanic. And they don't care about those people. Yeah. She wasn't, you know, a blonde white girl. Not to say that uh, it it should be happening to a blonde white girl. Or people shouldn't be listening to them when they uh, say that. I don't mean that. My point is that there are many reasons why this was kind of probably let go. Or there are probably many reasons. Yeah. It, uh, you know. it's, it's sad nonetheless. Yeah. It doesn't matter who it happens to. This guy, there should have been justice for that for that girl. And, and there wasn't. So when Stevenson uh, died, he was buried. Uh, this is just icing on the cake stuff. So D.C. Stevenson, would you like to sum up who this man is so far? Please, Just Jenna? all around steaming hot pile of shit. Steaming hot pile of shit. Can you name three things that he um, did? He, he raped a girl. Yep, that's one. Killed a girl. Um, incited racial hatred. Sure. Okay, <laughs> so um, when he died, he was buried at the United States Mountain Home National Cemetery due to the fact he was honorably just discharged. Um, Wait, where's from, this at? I don't know. Tennessee, I think. Is his grave still there? 
Yeah, it's still there. The United States Mountain Home National Cemetery because he was honor- honorably discharged from the U.S. Army. He was served in the U.S. Army. We should take Mickey there and have him poop on the grave. I know, but I, I mean, I don't. I think you're missing <laughs> my point here. Is that this man is no, I'm buried in a national cemetery, it's disgusting, and served in the army. Yeah, and he's still there. It's a slap in the face to all of those actual noble people that are buried there. They don't want to be next to this yeah. piece of shit. And how about this? Here's the disgusting. If I fact. was like a family member of one of those people buried there, I'd be like, no, move this guy. Like, he sucks. We yeah. don't want him in the cemetery. Yeah. I mean, this. so here's something. So um, his being buried there did lead to uh, policy and legislation to ban the uh, burial of convicted sexual assaulters and, like, things like that in, in national cemeteries like this. Well, good. But it didn't lead to Klan members being banned from... Are you kidding? <laughs> being buried. How, not that I could find. Maybe, I mean, not that I could find. Oh Maybe God. it is. Maybe oh that is true. God. But I couldn't find it. And so, I mean, I'm, he... I agree. People who are sexual assaulters, maybe we don't bury them in our national cemeteries. But maybe also people who are clan members. Yeah, maybe we just throw them in the trash. <laughs> yeah, just throw them in the trash. <laughs> it's disgusting to me. Anyway, um, let's get back to Edward Jackson. So these guys, they do have a relationship. They are um, intertwined together. Ugh. Edward Jackson, uh, he was born in 1873, and he died in 1954 when he was 80 years old, because these people always live a long time. Um, <laughs> this is why I want you to watch Game of Thrones, because that's like half of the message is that the good ones never die. Or I mean, the bad ones never die. Never die. Yeah. Alan Dershowitz is going to die when he's like 145. Uh, it's crazy. Well, I always bring up Dick Cheney. Yeah, Dick Cheney. He's fourth uh, fucking heart. Yeah, it's it, yeah, right. It's gonna, <laughs> just fucking dude, die. He's going to get the first pig heart transplant and live for another 50 years. God. It's disgusting. He'll be so, like RoboCop. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Jackson was born in Howard County, Indiana, and uh, he worked a few jobs after he completed school, mainly to supplement uh, his income as he became a lawyer. Um, and at first, his lawyer, uh, his law practice, it struggled, which required Jackson to work other jobs uh, to earn a steady income. But by the late 1890s, his practice had become successful enough for him to work full time as a lawyer. Hmm. So we're now in the 1890s and, and he's a lawyer. Um, <laughs> but in late 1890s, like 1898. So uh, at this point, um, a couple years later, Jackson ran for prosecutor. That was in 1991. He won. Mm-hmm. 1991, he won. <laughs> um, and he served in that position until 1906. So in the following year, 1907, he was uh, elected as county circuit. Uh, Wait, did you say 1991? 1901. Oh, I, I thought you said 1991. I was very confused I might have jumped back to 1906. I might have, but that if I did, that was an accident. Okay. Um, so... Yeah, 1901, he, he ran for prosecutor and won, county prosecutor. Um, and he was there for five years until 1906. Mm-hmm. And then in 1907, he was elected as county circuit court judge. And he did that until 1914. <sighs> so at this time, he gained a pretty strong reputation and like a political base. People were into him. They liked him. Hmm. Um, so then in 1916, he ran for Indiana Secretary of State. And he also won. But World War I started. So his tenure was cut short. He resigned and he enlisted in the army, which all things um, aside is is impressive. Sure. I think that takes some balls. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I don't want to give him this credit. Not I'm, that it doesn't. I'm kind of meh too. I, I, meh is a fine way to, to act Only to that. for him though. But, not for anybody else that was in the armed horses at no, any time. But yeah, I mean, this guy's a bad guy, but I don't know. It, it That would take he, some. Honestly, he courage. probably just wanted to kill somebody. <laughs> I don't know about that. I can't speak to that, but maybe. <laughs> um, so he enlisted in the army and he was commissioned as a captain and he was stationed in Toledo, Ohio before he moved to Battle Creek, Michigan and eventually landed in Lafayette, Indiana. Hmm. And that is where he would settle down after um, he was, he was honorably discharged or I don't, yeah, well, he left the army. I, I'm, I'm sure he was honorably discharged. Mm-hmm. So in 1920, uh, Jackson was appointed secretary of state. So in 1916, he ran and won. Mm-hmm. but he was only there for a little bit and he resigned to go join the, mm-hmm. the fight yep. uh, in World War One. So then in 1920, the uh, Secretary of State, William Roach, he dies. Uh, he was like the no. incumbent and, and um, the governor appointed Jackson as mm-hmm. Secretary of State. So then in 1922, um, he ran again and he did win for sec- Secretary of State. Okay. And at this point, Jackson became interested in running for governor. He was thinking, I think I can go for higher office. And he kind of put that out there into, you know, the higher sphere, the elite sphere, whatever. (laughs) Um, And then he was approached by none other than D.C. Stevenson. The guy who we were talking about earlier. 
the well, leader no, of the I knew, clan. I, I know, uh, I know. I'm just, I'm just yeah. um, ruminating big, on everything that you said. Yeah. His big thing here, Stevenson's big thing, was he, that he wanted to um, kind of use Jackson to eliminate all Catholic influence in the state. What? Okay. These are just hateful, terrible people. Like, they, no, they have nothing I mean, better to do. I'm not going to go to bat for the Catholic Church, but I don't believe they should be like eradicated or whatever. <laughs> like, no. Especially not just the people, you know. Right. Just like old granny, like a kid going to confirmation. <laughs> yeah. I'm with that. So, as we have discussed, the Klan was very popular in Indiana at the time, and that led Jackson to accept Stevenson and the Klan's support. At the time, the Klan in Indiana claimed to have members occupying more than 50% of the Indiana General Assembly. Historians do... That's kind of scary. Yeah. Historians do kind of um, combat that, though. They they think that some of that is just conjecture from them. They, inflated. They were, yeah, inflated. That's exactly what I wrote here. They mm-hmm. were trying to inflate those numbers. But well, sure. Yeah, it makes it Nonetheless, they definitely had a major influence in state politics Which in Indiana. Which any influence at all is bad. So. Yes, greater than zero. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is um, terrifying. So Klan leaders began to demand certain actions be done by Jackson at this Ugh, time. Like what? Um, that made him uneasy because... Uh, of the relationship he kind of was like thank you for supporting me and I'm, I'm okay with that and sure but i don't really want to have to do what you say mm-hmm. but at the same time you accepted their support so fuck you jackson um jackson eventually granted the clan a state charter in his role of secretary of state and that was very very offensive to governor uh warren mccray at the times he was one of the uh, only a few high level politicians and um elected officials in indiana who were fighting against the clan at this point. well good for him yeah was governor mccray and uh he was pretty pissed off about jackson in his role as secretary of state mm-hmm. uh um granting the clan a, a state charter well, yeah which is pretty gross i mean just just to even acknowledge them and like in any deal yeah. with them is yeah. is disgusting um Jackson, either because of his personal beliefs or in the influence of Stevenson and the Klan, worked to persuade McRae to support the Klan's agenda. This eventually led Jackson to offer Governor McRae a $10,000 bribe under the condition he would fill a high number of public offices with members of the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> oh, no. McRae declined the bribe. And oh, well, good. Yeah, he was pretty disgusted by the whole thing. And um, that whole affair, that whole thing was not made available to the public that was not well no of course not that was done behind closed doors at this time i mean we know about it now but yeah um people did not know about it then so move on to 1924 and jackson wins the race for governor of indiana um mm-hmm. by about a hundred thousand votes um and and then weird note here i just felt like this was interesting um the indiana uh the indiana dune state park mm-hmm. it was established when he was governor Really? Isn't that weird that this like I love that place, but now I'm KKK, I like it a little bit less. Yeah. This yeah. like KKK at best sympathetic governor. Yeah. Uh, also was like, yes, a state park at the Indiana this beach is dunes. nice. <laughs> Good idea. Not weird. Did you <laughs> okay. ever go to the dunes as a kid? Oh yeah, of course, of course, all the time. What was your favorite part? Mm, I don't know. I mean, I think we used to like roll down them. Yeah. We had a, one time we had a Japanese foreign exchange student when I was like six. Yeah, I, I talked to somebody in your family about that. And so we, fascinating. Yeah, and we took her there and she really loved it. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, yeah, I, 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 I've gone a couple times and, and one of the times that I went, um, you could see the skyline of Chicago. That's really across cool. Across the lake and I thought that was amazing. I haven't been since I was really little though. Yeah, I haven't been in a while. Um, ever since a couple of the stories came about about sinkholes and stuff killing kids oh i didn't hear about that yeah terrifying (laughs) yeah really scary um so uh just wanted to um point that out there because i thought it was weird uh so pre-major scandal this is pre-major scandal no okay jackson had a minor scandal major uh, major scandal major scandal Uh, (laughs) usually it's general scandal but major (laughs) scandal uh before that he had a minor scandal when he had a little uh uh voice crack there um, basically he got medicinal whiskey for his wife in 1925, but Jackson was super pro, uh, pro, uh, prohibition, mm-hmm. a super he's, big he's prohibition supporter. Mm-hmm. Well, no, not just a teetotaler, like supported prohibition. Didn't think alcohol should be available anywhere yeah. and including no medicinal whiskey, which we look back and you're like medicinal. medicinal. <laughs> well, but that's how people feel about medicinal marijuana now. I'm sure. Yeah. But there's like at there's, there's science behind it. There's more than medicinal whiskey. And then just like go to sleep. <laughs> I mean, yeah, 
Yeah. Or she's probably being annoyed and he was like, just get this bitch some whiskey. Or she just wanted some whiskey. I yeah. don't know. Because it, he did say, uh, like, it, it, it. from what I saw, it did say that, like, sh- after she took it, she got better. Which I'm like, maybe she just really wanted to drink. The, her her uh, medical issue was that she wanted to get drunk. Yeah. And then she was cured. I'm sick. What's wrong? I just want to get drunk. I think we've got a cure for that. Let me write you a prescription. Um, but anyway, he was like really against medicinal whiskey alongside any kind of alcohol being mm. able to be sold. And so it was a big scandal when he got that for his wife. Yeah. Um, he apologized. Uh, apologized. He apologized to the public and asked for their forgiveness. At the same time, he was uh, assuring voters that their prayers had cured his wife and not the whiskey. He's like, your prayers did this. Not the whiskey that She's I got not illegally. Drunk. She's just sleeping. I know that's like not a complete parallel, but doesn't it parallel so well to some of the shit we hear today? Oh, of course, yeah. Like, no, 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 no. It was your thoughts and prayers that did it. Not, not this scandal. Not this. Not even scandal. Not this um, very obvious crime that I committed. <laughs> not that. That's not the problem. Right. It's just weird um, that this this the stories kind of change, but the but the message is is the same. We can get away with it. You can't. Yep. Pretty much. Um, and and you don't even want to because you're not evil. <laughs> yeah. So um, in 1925, U.S. Senator Samuel Ralston, he died in office, uh, Indiana, from Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, so that meant Jackson needed to appoint a replacement. Before doing so, he consulted with head of the KKK, Stevenson, um, uh, and, taking, oh. and taking his advice, he appointed Arthur Raymond Robinson, which I could not find this definitively, but I can only assume was a member of the Klan. Well, or, yeah, I Or would at least assume. sympathetic. So he became a U.S. He'd senator. He'd have to be. Um, and, and that appointment, that led certain Republican leaders and then most of the opposition to claim that the Klan basically controlled the office of the governor. Well, yeah, which that's what they were trying to do. was a fair I mean, yeah. Um, claim. Yeah. I'm like, yep, yep, you were right. So in 1926, Edward Shoemaker was arrested and convicted. But due to his Klan membership, Jackson pardoned him. Mm. Yep. So this guy got scot free. I forget what he did, but it, it was something. Um. It wasn't like terrible, terrible, but he deserved to be. It was a crime. Um, I don't think it was like it wasn't a violent crime is what I'm saying. Mm. Um, But anyway, that was overturned by the Indiana Supreme Court. But still, this guy, he was just like, oh, he's a Klan member. So I'll pardon him. Jesus Christ. I mean, it's the same shit that's going on. Again, it's the same shit. Trump being like granting Roger Stone clemency. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's the same exact thing. Mm hmm. Uh, so, um, so frustrating. So the, uh, yeah, around this time, uh, Stevenson is convicted of murder. You remember mm-hmm. we talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but interestingly enough, Jackson refused to pardon him. Well, good. Interesting. I just don't like, probably, like I'm, I'm very interested why. Dude. Well, maybe he saw, I think he did see saw op- some sense, you I know, mean, saw some opportunity to kind of put him in his place and be like, yeah. no, I'm, I'm in charge. Not you. Cause at this point, well, like also Steve- petty crime is a lot different from rape and murder. It is, but. Uh, the idea of, of pardoning somebody just because they're in the clan isn't, but I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah it's kind of two different questions there. Anyway, um, I think that at this, you know, at, leading up to this, Stevenson was being, was very vocal about his control of Indiana. He, he yeah. Once, he was probably really annoying. Yeah. He, he was quoted as once saying, I am the law in just Indiana. A big, I am the law. Like, so I think there was, um, have you ever seen good cop, baby cop? No, on YouTube? but. I have not. Even with this, um, they're all bad. Uh, even with this, uh, you know, going on, I, I think that Jackson, you know, even though he supported the Klan, I think that he saw this and say, kind of said, it, this is getting out of control. Well, like, yeah. Uh, I do support them, but you I can't. give a mouse a cookie, he turns into yeah, a racist I, I piece of shit, you I, know? <laughs> I have to actually be governor. <laughs> like, I can't just be a complete rube. Um I don't know. Maybe maybe that's not the case. I kind of stumbled on my words there. I didn't make my point very well, but I hope you guys you can also understand didn't what laugh I mean. At my joke, so. Well, I didn't get it, and I if wanted you to give make a that mouse point. a cookie. You've oh never... no, I love that one. Yeah, that's a great book. That's what I meant. That was my joke. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just a a true statement <laughs> to this. I it said, applies well. He turns into a racist piece of shit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's good. He's uh, kind of just breezed right past that i'm sorry I, okay. I didn't catch it that's one of my favorite books and one of my mom's favorite books Aww. kids books there's a there's a ton of them um anyway so <laughs> <laughs> as jenna pours just more, popping open the more sake for sake. herself but i don't know you're, you're having quite a bit there and i have not so don't steal all of it uh <laughs> oh my gosh we're out this is a small bottle well it's the only one they had they only um, had one 
Only one left of the cucumber. Oh. Let's get on with it. Um, so around the, yeah, so around this time, Stevenson was convicted and, and Jackson refused to pardon him, mm-hmm. um, which pissed off Stevenson. So he started leaking a bunch of information to the press. Uh, because he's a dirtbag. Like, he, well, he doesn't yeah. give a shit. He, isn't a, he has no ali- allegiance. I mean, he even, like, broke off from the National Clan. He doesn't care. Yeah. Uh, this guy just wanted to have power. He yes. was probably just, like, a sociopath. He's just a like, narci- yeah. Narcissistic kind of psychopath kind of guy. Yeah. Um, so he, he leaked all this information uh, about people who had paid bribes or received bribes mm-hmm. from, from the Klan, um, along with other illegal stuff. But uh, the biggest thing was that he um, revealed the uh, attempted bribery of Governor McRae by Edward L. Jackson. But he said no. He said no. Yeah, he but didn't it, take the bribe. But it wasn't about McRae. I mean, that's just to, to receive a bribe isn't a crime. <laughs> right. I mean, you can you could definitely knock McRae a little bit for not saying anything, but maybe sure. he had a tactful, okay. dis, uh, a tactful reason to not do that because he mm-hmm. thought that he could maybe indict some of these people later and didn't want to reveal that information. Yeah, and yeah that's possible. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But mm-hmm. I'm not going to try to you know, dissect that. The yeah. point is Jackson definitely committed a crime by being Indiana secretary of state and trying to bribe the governor yes. with $10,000 to adopt the cl- yes. client, the KKK's agenda, the KKK, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so this led several, uh, led to several organizations around the state demanding Jackson resign from office. His bribery, his bribery case was brought to court and ended in a hung jury. Oh no. <laughs> they all died. They all died. No, you know what that means, right? They have big dicks. Okay, so the statue, <laughs> <laughs> the statue of limitations on bribery had passed, and it precluded any uh, conviction that could be made. So Jackson finishes term as governor, um, largely in disgrace. Uh, the crime and subsequent scandal ended his political career and coincided with the collapse of the Klan in 1948. <laughs> collapse with a K. <laughs> yeah, collapse with a K. The KK. The collapse. Clan collapse. I don't know. Uh, in 1948, he suffered a stroke that left him bedridden, and he died six years later. Oh no! Yeah. So, Edward L. Jackson, man, you fucked up a lot. You're kind of a dick. Yeah. D.C. Stevenson, you're awful. You're further than it. You're God. terrible. You're an evil person. Take a big old dump on your grave. <laughs> yeah, just terrible. Just terrible. So that's that's the story of our 32nd governor that's in the state wild. here in Indiana. I'm glad you shared that with me. Yeah. And D.C. Stevenson, the head of the Indiana Klan, amongst others. Man. I mean, it's good, though, that we know this. We got to know our history in order to make changes and move forward. And hopefully, eventually, we get to a point where we won't have to deal with any of this. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was thinking about this as I was doing this, that the Klan has fallen, but it's just been replaced. Well, or it's just more secretive, clandestine. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jenna, Jenna is on the puns today. But anyway, uh, no, I mean, I just think it's been replaced. It, 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 there's other things. It's stuff well, like Koch Brothers funded crap. It's the, the Tea Party movement. It's libertarian stuff. Yeah, It's been exactly. expanded it to be against, against Muslims. Different packaging, yeah, but it's it, the same thing. Or, or Hispanic people, you know, coming. Mm-hmm. It's all kinds of that kind of... It's just yeah. terrible. And the stuff still is around like yeah it's just repackaged yeah and it's just amazing to me that that we really haven't been able to get rid of it in any true meaningful way it it is concerning and 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 at the same time we have made progress that's what's super confusing we have yes like the 1960s saw all this progress in, in civil rights but at the same time we didn't like there was no effort to like get rid of the people who wanted to take them away well i think maybe at that point it was like we got to we got to do what we can, or maybe it was just one step at a time. Well, yeah, I'm not blaming we'll the people there. who are fighting for this. There's this, just so civil much rights. to to handle. Yeah, because it's not really their duty to eradicate those groups in the first place. No, but it's just it's just wild to me that that. Well, I don't know. It's really not that surprising, I guess, when I put it in context of everything. It always comes from ignorance. Sure, but I, I meant I was talking more specifically about why maybe the federal government or state governments haven't done more to eradicate these these kinds of hate groups and things like that. And that's because it, it helps them. It mm-hmm. serves their purpose. Yeah. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, it does. Yeah. As disgusting as that is it, in the current landscape, in the current landscape, it, it does. Yeah. I mean, there was talk. I've seen people like try to petition to make the KKK a terror, like labeled as a terrorist group. I've seen a lot of that on social media. 
and I just, you know, nothing came of it. Yeah, I mean, nothing comes so. of it. And even if it did, what would what would that mean? I, I don't know. Would they act on it? Like, would they actually treat it like a terrorist group? Because I don't no, think they would. No, I think it would just be a label. Yeah. I, I and mean, I mean, yes, it is something. It's yeah. It's moving yeah. the right direction. But, but but you're like, it's hard for me to get excited about that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. And, and it's sad, too, because I, I think I always try to think of that like the people mm-hmm. rather than the organization, like the people who make it up. And I have to think that. You know, I'm not talking about the KKK necessarily here, but people who are infected and brainwashed with these terrible ideas from propaganda, mm-hmm. a lot of them aren't bad people. No, they've just never had a chance to get out of their comfort zone and see yeah, I mean, the ways I, that what they're believing in are not true. Yeah, exactly. And I, I shouldn't say that they aren't bad people. They are right now. But I mean, like at their core, mm-hmm. I don't think that they are... are Like I try to make a, a, a distinction between people who are evil like they're not born evil but like are evil people yes they they have they are sick because i, I yes. really do have to i i in my mind they're kind of the the driving force to me and yeah they 100%. kind of get all these ignorant uneducated yeah. people to follow them yeah and, and maybe my empathy goes too far but like i it's impossible for me to square with the idea uh, of these people existing and not come to the conclusion that at the, the end of the day they are mentally ill like that mm-hmm. is what is happening mm-hmm. because I just don't think that like, uh, uh, I know that we talk, not we, you and me, but like progressives and leftists and, mm-hmm. and people in these kind of spheres talk about breaking down a lot of traditional roles, maybe gender roles or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, or, or like, there's no normal, you know, stuff, stuff like that. Right. But at the end of the day, or it's just normal in that it's all abnormal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. But I, I just, I do think that, people are not evil like i i hold on to that belief maybe that's naive of me but i i, I do hold on to that belief that people aren't maybe aren't the average evil. person but you have to understand that there are a few but that's what i mean when know. i say that th- that i can explain it in this in by saying that they must be mentally ill like mm-hmm. they have some sort of mental illness that does this not mm-hmm. to excuse them or say that they don't deserve all of the justice that they do, meaning mm-hmm. they should be banished away on an island somewhere mm-hmm. forever and never be allowed to talk to anybody for all the atrocities that they've, they've caused. But it, I just can't c- come to the conclusion that there are people who are just bad, that, that it's not the cause of some sort of mental illness. Maybe it's the same. Maybe I'm saying the same thing as just p- people being bad. You know, maybe that's, Maybe that distinction is kind of stupid I think and un- that's a unneeded. Larger I don't know. I'm kind of just having a philosophical <laughs> debate. Yeah, that I'm having with myself is, right now. <laughs> in that is is humanity morally bad or is it generally yeah, good? I guess I would say yeah, that we are a good. A lot of people, you know, I flip flop. I don't really know where I stand on that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's not exactly where I wanted to go with it, but I, it's just something that I kept coming back to um, uh, about well, it that. All goes into that overarching belief. Or like, in, are people inherently good or yeah. are they evil? Yeah. And I guess we'll never know because that, that question really can't be answered. Well, I mean, I don't think so. It's kind of like the duality. There's there's both. I feel like there's not, there can't just be all one thing. Yeah. It's, con- uh, yeah. We're getting out of the realm of, of where I'm like. <laughs> I know. I know. Like I'm where sorry. I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> like I'm getting to that being like, kind of not worth having this discussion <laughs> anymore because it's just well, too nebulous. It, but, it, it does get there very quickly. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about the trivia question? Yeah, just uh, one second. Okay. I want to do some plugs. Okay, yeah, go You're go always for it, rushing me. Uh, thank you guys for listening. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, if you'd like, it would it would be really helpful for us if you left us a rating and review on Apple yes, Podcasts. please do. Um, I don't think you can do that on Spotify, but you can listen there as well and a couple other places. Um, or just tell a friend about the show. That'd be cool too. Yeah. Um, if you want to do a little bit more than that and you want to help support us and what we do here, you like it and you want to go... Take it a step further. You don't have to, but if you want to. Yeah, you don't have to. But if you'd like to, um, we'll read your name on air. You'll officially become a daddy, um, a Hoosier <laughs> daddy. Uh, oh, if, no. If you want to do that, you can. Go to HoosierDaddyPod.com, and up in the top right, there's a, a little button that says Donate, and you can do so there. Um, if not, you still go to the website. There's some some yeah, neat yeah. stuff up Check there. You can see our faces and learn a little bit more about yeah, us. Sure. I did a blog post, blah, 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 blah. If you want to contact us, you can do so at HoosierDaddyPod at gmail.com mm-hmm. or on Twitter at Who's Daddy. That's H-O-O-S Daddy. You can follow me on Twitter at Split This Adam. You can follow Jenna. I am at Big Stinky Jenna. That's right. And we would love to hear from you yeah. and talk to you guys. Of course. Yeah. I so let's hear from people that listen. Yeah, of course. Let's get All to right. the trivia you question. Ready? Yeah, All right. I'm ready. So 
The Reno Brothers gang made crime history on October 6th, 1866, when they became the first robbers to do this in Jackson County, Indiana. Okay, Jackson County, Indiana. Can you give me the city? Um, let me see if there is a city. Hold on really quick. Let me just check. Was it Maryville? Um, I don't it know. doesn't. There's no city. Okay. Listed. Or so. Jackson County? It's just Jackson, Jackson County. County. Where's Jackson County? I forget. Um, anyway. So 1866, mm-hmm. Reno Brothers Gang. Yep. And they made history by being the first people to do this. The first robbers to do blank. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say that they held up and robbed a police station. Who's your daddy? A lot of people do an awful lot of thinking about a place called home, sweet home. A lot of people do an awful lot of talking about a place called home, sweet home. Poems are being poemed about, songs are being songed about, the place everybody loves the best. And I'm no different from the rest. I love my home, sweet home. I've done a lot of dreaming about the day when I'll be going back to my home, sweet home. I'm gonna pack a bag and hop a train. And then for home, sweet home, I'm gonna set out. Cause I've got the blues. I've got the blues that just won't get out. I've gotta get back home. I've gotta get back home. Back home again. And it seems that I can see the gleaming candlelight Still shining bright through the sycamores for me The new mown hay sends all its fragrance through the fields I used to roam And when I dream about the moonlight on the Wabash Then I long for my Indiana home Back home again, home back in Indiana Oh, it seems that I can see See the gleaming candlelight Still shining bright in Indiana It's the Middle West, but we love it The moon shines the best above it We love it All the new moon hay sends fragrance Through the fields I used to roam And when I dream about the moonlight on the Wabash River Then I long for my Indiana home In Indiana, in Indiana, my home In Indiana, my home, sweet home Do you know her name? I don't, actually. How about Stacy? 